0: If you're tired of dieting and stepping on the scale, you're lacking energy and confidence, and you're ready to harness your inner athlete, then you're in the right place. I'm Sherry Shaban, and in each episode, I'll help you to rebuild your fitness identity and empower your deepest transformation so that health and fitness are not just what you do, but who you are. what's up athletes welcome back to the show on this episode of fall in love with fitness we are talking about sleep health with dr carol yan sleep is one of those things that we don't oftentimes give enough focus to when it comes to self-care sleep quality is vital for recovery for optimizing gut health for regulating hormones and for managing stress And for many of us, especially women, once we've started to have kids and pick up that responsibility around the household, sleep starts to become less and less important to us and becomes more difficult to create consistency around quality. Dr. Carol is a board certified physician in pulmonary critical care, internal medicine and sleep. She has worked in both private practice and in hospital settings treating patients with sleep disorders. She has dedicated her scientific curiosity to helping women get better sleep so they can live fuller and play harder. Dr. Carroll is the founder of Beehive Sleep Health, a telehealth sleep consultation service for women. Named for her daughter, Beehive, it is a gesture that represents the next generation of women. Dr. Carroll believes that women are the backbones of society, and when women are at their best, all of society benefits. Now athletes, one of the things that you're going to hear in the upcoming interview is how important exercise is to creating consistent, deep sleep. So if you're looking for a workout program or some workouts that you can do at home, I want to invite you to check out the workouts I have for you on my YouTube channel, Sherry Shaban Fitness. Now, during this time of year, there's a lot of stuff going on with families and events and feasting. And so if you're looking for a way to create a bit of balance around your meals, then I also want to invite you to check out the meal plan I have for you as a free download on fallinlovewithfitness.com. So if you have any questions around that, remember, you can always reach out to me. I'm a constant resource for you. Now athletes, let's get to our interview. This is a good one. Hi, Carol, thanks so much for coming on to the show today. Thank you, Sherry, so glad to be here. Me too, and you know, sleep is one of my favorite topics and I'm really excited to get into it because I think for many of us, there's a lot of things that maybe we don't understand about sleep or understand about getting good quality of sleep, restful sleep. And so I have so many questions around that today for you. But first, maybe we could start off with a little introduction and share with us, Carol, who you are and what you do.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for that brief intro. So I'm Dr. Yuan Duclair. I'm board-certified sleep physician, and I'm also the founder of Beehive Sleep Health. It's a telehealth consultation service for women my interest in women's sleep health comes from being a mother myself and being a woman working in a male dominant field Uh, so and um, just knowing the struggles that women go through uh, throughout their lifetime not just uh, from the standpoint of the roles we play but also physiologically So, the hormone changes that we uh, women's go women go through since teenage years, then pregnancy, menopause, which all have profound impact on our sleep. Mm-hmm. All these forces combined is why today I dedicate my service and interest to helping women get better sleep.
0: Mm-hmm. I love this, and I love that we're focusing a lot on on women's health today and around sleep specifically because, I could definitely tell you that when I had my kids, my sleep pattern completely, completely changed. I used to be the person in my family that nobody wanted to wake up. Everyone was afraid to wake me up. I would wake up at 11 in the morning, like 7am, forget it. And I, yeah, I love to sleep in. And then all of a sudden I had kids. And then first it was that realization that I'm never going to get to sleep in again. And then, <laughs> then the other part is realizing that I can't really get restful sleep all night, because whether my kids woke me up or not during the night i was still super alert i was constantly waiting for them to to wake up so my sleep was very very light and in fact i started sleeping with earplugs and and now i cannot sleep without earplugs i, I don't know if i'm a light sleeper or if that's just something that i've become accustomed to but definitely saw that that huge change in my sleep patterns once i did have kids
1: yeah absolutely and that's what a lot of women go through the our hormonal changes around the time of pregnancy, then the physical changes. Mm-hmm. And after that, having kids, the, the the stress and worrying about what might be happening at night, and it's just kind of adapting your schedule to the kids, all of that introduce factors that make, most women put our sleep last. Right. And so, you know, our sleep schedule no longer is the priority. And um, accommodating all these different demands on our schedule often not only make us change our schedule but lose sleep as well. Mm -hmm. So women, especially uh, childbearing age, moms with kids don't get enough sleep. And that is a big issue, big concern.
0: So so, what is enough sleep? I, I don't like the, the word normal where we're all trying to compare ourselves to a particular range, but how does a person know that he or she is getting adequate sleep?
1: Absolutely. I love that there is no norm. There is no one size fit all. Same with sleep, with the amount of sleep, we the, which we, what we need is all different. The general idea, recommendation is between six and a half to eight, I would say for adults, but that's a, a bell curve distribution, meaning for most of the adults, if we just uh, average the amount of sleep they need, we'll see that the, the shape is like a, a bell. Mm-hmm. So there's most people who's more towards the center between s- six and a half to eight, but it, there can also be, people who their normal amount fall outside that that peaked dome shape. And so they can be doing just fine on six or they need a little bit more, maybe eight and a half. Mm-hmm. It's important that we know how much sleep are, are each individual person we need. The best way to find out is one is most people, when we talk to them, that you you kind of know how much sleep you need, and that's based on past experiences. Mm. Let's say for you, maybe before you had kids, uh, when you could just sleep in and go go to bed whenever you want to, what was the rough amount that you needed? If that was too long ago and you just don't remember, then it you can judge it based on how you're fle- feeling now. Mm. So if you are tired and sleepy, then that means you're probably not getting enough sleep. On the other hand, if you spend a lot of time awake, tossing and turning in bed at night, then you're probably
0: overextending your time in bed. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think in the past I used to get maybe 10 hours of sleep. I would and I don't know if I told myself that I needed 10 hours of sleep. But now when I think about it, it's Carol, it's ridiculous. Like, how can I need 10 hours of sleep? That's almost half the day. Right. And so now Mm -hmm. I'm probably hovering around seven to eight hours. I've completely changed my sleep pattern. I wake up early in the morning, something around 435 at the latest, and I start my my morning routine. But I do remember reading somewhere, I don't know if this was a legit article or not, but I remember reading somewhere that women in general need more sleep than men, We need more hours of sleep. Hmm.
1: Yeah, I, that's coming from data showing that on average, women is getting a little bit more sleep than men. And I believe that difference is like around fifteen minutes, it, it's oh, nothing. That's yeah. Um, that that is a, a big difference. So, my interpretation of that data is whether or not that is an absolute physiologic need, or is it just something that we're observing? And it there's it doesn't really demonstrate a cause and effect effect relationship. Ultimately, what's important is still finding out what. You need what I need and make sure that we give ourselves the amount of sleep that our body needs. Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So you mentioned something around six to eight hours being sort of the norm where people are feeling that they get the most rest during those numbers of hours. But is there, is there a difference between the number of hours and the actual quality of sleep? Does mm-hmm. the hours not not matter as much, I guess?
1: Yeah, so I definitely hour is part of quality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So quality, sleep quality means several things. One of the metric is the hours. Others is your personal satisfaction. Do you feel satisfied with the sleep that you're getting now? Another metric is the um, the quality is the architecture so if we do a study we we'll put you in the sleep lab and uh, monitor your brain waves overnight what kind of stages are we seeing and sleep has three four, uh, four different stages one two deep sleep and rem sleep Mm-hmm. And, and the broader category is light sleep, deep sleep, and REM. So, what what are the what what's the percentage? Again, there is a a within normal distribution, and a, there's also individual variation. So, um, there is also how do you feel being? Meaning, are you tired or sleepy, or do you feel that you have a lot of energy in the daytime? that's part of the quality metrics too. Mm -hmm. Then we have to make sure there's no sleep disorder, Mm -hmm. things like sleep apnea, restless legs, insomnia, that has to be managed. So all of these different things combined would give us a a score of what our sleep quality.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Could you break down those stages of sleep for us just a little bit? So you mentioned REM, and I think a lot of us have heard of this, and then deep sleep. So which is the one that contributes to giving the most restfulness, would you say?
1: It's it's the definitely the distribution. Uh, it's not uh, that there's one stage that uh, factors in more than the other in terms of contributing to uh, re- uh, recovery, rejuvenation. Um, or relieving stress, each stage has their unique um, character. So the lighter stage is stage one and two. And that's the, the stages that we spend most of our nights in, about 70%. And that stage is when most of the physiologic repair that happens. Stage three, which is also called deep sleep, is um, the next stage that where we spend maybe about uh, 15% in that uh, cat in that stage that's when we have our memory consolidation happens and for kids is where growth hormone is released mm-hmm. so and uh, REM sleep is the one that does get the most press mm-hmm. uh, because it, it is very different from the other stages it, it our brain in REM sleep, is very active. So in the EEG brain monitor, uh, when we do sleep study, looking at the brain weight itself is actually hard to differentiate between wake and sleep. It's a, So a lot of, we know that things like emotional repair, consolidating what we have experienced in the past, sadness, anger, that gets consolidated or filtered during REM sleep.
0: Mm -hmm. Wow. That's so interesting. Okay. Now I want to learn more about what, what that really means. So, okay. Now it's all about the REM and this is where consolidation (laughs) of of memories happens. Is, Is this where dreams happen too? So dreams happen in all stages
1: of sleep, even though REM gets the name dream sleep, but we actually dream in all stages. It, in REM sleep, dream is most vivid. Mm. So most of the time, the dreams that we remember comes from REM sleep. Mm.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting. So dreaming of people who've passed away and having a full conversation with them, and and that imagination around it that that generally happens in REM.
1: Yeah. Generally happens in REM, yeah, correct. And, and the and it's very vivid. So that's why we would remember it. And how we would remember is if we were awakened from dream. So if you if you if you dreamt and then you and then your brain goes on into a different stages of sleep, typically then we wouldn't remember the dream. But if there's any reason that you were aroused from during REM sleep while you are dreaming that's when we remember our dream the most
0: Mm -hmm. yeah that actually makes a lot of sense yeah I have a lot of I have a lot of athletes that I work with Carol that get eight to ten hours of sleep a night so according to sort of everything that, that we're talking about right now they're getting the right number of hours of sleep and yet they still wake up exhausted And so is this now a question of comfort and quality of sleep? Is this more nutrition? Is there something else going on that could, I mean, I know you probably have so many different avenues as to what could be causing this, but what would you say hearing something like that could be some of the reasons why it would contribute to that?
1: I think it's important to differentiate uh, tiredness from sleepy. Mm. So when one says that they, they wake up and feel that they are still tired, I would tease out, does that mean that you want to go back to bed and, and you can easily fall asleep again? You need more sleep? Or is it a feeling of low energy level and you just um, don't have, you feel like you, you don't want to get out of bed? The Mm -hmm. other thing is there are different situations, sleep and medical that can contribute to us feeling tired or fatigued. Mm -hmm. So uh, if if we feel that the sleep is adequate, then um, other things uh, in terms of my medical, um, medically that we might wanna look into or sometimes our mood, can affect our energy level as well. Mm -hmm. Back to sleep though, I would uh, look into make sure that there is no sleep disorder. Also, just as important as the amount of sleep we get, is our sleep schedule. Mm -hmm. We all have different circadian rhythm and that's the 24 hour day night cycle. So our body prefers has a slightly difference in terms of our preference for our bedtime and our wake time. We get our most refreshed sleep if, when we follow our circadian rhythm. Like Sherry, you were mentioning earlier that uh, before kids, you used to sleep in until 11. Mm-hmm. That sounded to me that you are more of a night owl right. mm-hmm. type of circadian rhythm. So it would be important if we can to follow that both in terms of the hours that our body needs and the schedule.
0: And is this something that can be changed? So right now, I mean, I I can hardly stay up past 9 p.m. (laughs) Maybe that's because I'm always up so early, but just to imagine staying up super late at night. I mean, even if, let's say I'm at a party, just the thought of staying up really late actually gives me a little bit of stress Mm -hmm. because I love to get to bed early. So is this something that can change over time, that your circadian rhythm does change? Okay. Absolutely.
1: Circadian rhythm does change over time. In teenagers,
0: a lot of uh,
1: kids start to have their uh, delayed circadian rhythm. So there's a higher percentage of night owls in teenagers. Then we see toward the older adults, their circadian rhythm is more advanced, meaning they they are the 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 morning larks they prefer going to bed earlier uh, and getting up earlier so so there is this change associated with age a general trend not everybody goes through that uh, but definitely for each person their your circadian rhythm can change over time
0: Mm -hmm. All right. So essentially, you're just saying I'm getting old, Carol. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it's boiling down. to. (laughs) Older and better. That's right. Older and better. Yeah, really, on the weekends, I get to bed before my kids and I'm like, guys, I'm so sorry. I'm out. Yeah, but there's also such a thing as as too much sleep, right? Because that's happened to me a few times where I'm really fatigued. Either I've been, you know, had a really stressful, long, crazy week or a lot of training. And I end up having one day where I sleep a lot. So say again, coming back to that 10 hours and I wake up very foggy brain. Mm. Is, that, yes. is that a symptom?
1: Well, I think it, that sounds more like your body is trying to recover mm-hmm. and there's no better way for our body to recover than sleeping. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your body is just doing what uh, it, it, it needs and um, what it does best. Too much sleep may be a, a problem that we have to be concerned when it's a um, more long term. Mm-hmm. So let's say over months you observe that you're sleeping a lot more than what you used to, then you know it, there may be some issues that we have to look into, mm-hmm. but otherwise, yeah, our, our sleep hours vary depending on what happens in the day so if you were training hard or for for whatever reason you weren't getting enough sleep during the week it's natural for the body trying to catch up
0: Mm -hmm. so is there such a thing as as catching up on sleep because I also heard or or read somewhere in the past that you can't really catch up you know you you can miss out on sleep during the week and then think that you're going to catch up on the weekend but it's your body can't actually do that can it Right, so our body definitely tries, uh,
1: but it, it cannot a hundred percent catch up, especially when the deprivation is long term. Mm. So there are people who have been chronically sleeping less than six hours over years. Then that there th- then you cannot catch up that kind of uh, sleep debt over a few days, and that's both in both in terms of the amount also the physio physiologic damage cannot be reversed Mm
0: -hmm.
1: from by catching up. Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. So what would be some signs or symptoms of a person then getting inadequate amount of sleep? I mean, physiologically, hormonally, energetically, all all of these different things.
1: Yeah, I would say for for women, the signs are different from from men. And I, I think it's important for us to draw that distinction. Because in, in in general, what we hear is feeling sleepy, uh, having low low energy. But in women, what we see is that when we are sleep deprived, it may reflect in our mood. Mm-hmm. So feeling more irritable, more, mm-hmm. more easily stressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, also in our, it can reflect in weight. So if you are someone who's, so very good, healthy about your eating, uh, your exercise, uh, you're very regular with it, and you find that uh, the that the weight is just um, you know it's not where you want it to be. Sleep may be uh, a factor because we know that lack of sleep directly contributes to weight gain.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, you also mentioned a little bit earlier around women's health and women's sleep in general, that there's a lot of impact or influence from hormones. So mm-hmm. can you share a little bit about that. Yeah, so I think that the most direct evidence is
1: uh, around pregnancy and menopause, where we see these, these life stages where hormone changes are at its peak, women's sleep is is in, invariably affected. Menopause, postmenopause is where the uh, where women suffer more from insomnia, and after menopause, is also the rate of sleep apnea goes up. This has a relationship to to weight, but also we feel that after menopause, with the loss of estrogen, which Offered some protection uh, uh, for women from having sleep issues, may be the reason why women tend to experience more problems uh, post menopause. Uh, around pregnancy, the both estrogen and progesterone uh, play a role. Mm-hmm. So estrogen uh, can affect the the way our our tissues hold on to water. So and it could cause retention in fluid, where swelling in the back of your, our throat in general can contribute to snoring in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Progesterone itself, just high, having a higher amount, can make us feel tired and sleepy, mm-hmm. and that's why women in the, uh, especially in the first trimester, feel tired and tend to sleep more.
0: Mm-hmm
1: the opposite is also true is that when we don't get enough sleep or have the quote unquote general pro- poor quality sleep it affects our hormones level in all aspects not just our not just estrogen but cortisol level thyroid hormones these are all these hormones are all directly related to our circadian rhythm and also directly impacted by sleep
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, actually. So and, and what about nutrition in general? How does that yeah. impact sleep? And of some of the advice that I've always shared with my athletes, and this is based on on my experience is to try to stop eating a few hours before bed so that you know, you go to sleep on an empty stomach, you're not starving, but you're going to sleep on an empty stomach. And then you're able to avoid the digestion or the heartburn or any of that stuff that would likely keep you up.
1: Yeah, so the the peril of eating too late it is in general, is that it can cause heartburn. Because at night when we sleep, all our muscles are relaxed, and that includes the sphincter muscles at the uh, lower part of our esophagus um, that c- connects to the stomach. So if it's relaxed, then it's more likely that acid can, can flow back into our throat plus that in a uh, lying down position, then heartburn can become more severe. So we do want to avoid a big, heavy meal too late at night. I also agree with what you're saying though, that it's important not to go to bed feeling hungry. Mm -hmm. That That can itself cause us to wake up more easily at night because our body senses that as a uh, fright and flight situation, and so you know the 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 our arousal threshold then would go down, meaning we were easily uh, aroused and wake up as our body is trying to to uh, seek food. Mm. Right. So my recommendation is usually that if it's a problem uh, where you would. Feel hungry at night, then have a um, more protein-rich snack before, maybe an hour before going to bed, mm-hmm. so that you know your your body your your stomach is, is full, feels satisfied, and you have enough energy energy to last through the whole night.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and I I always kind of envision this this undigested food as as food that's that's not utilized, right? We're, we're tending to want to eat maybe the majority of our nutrition throughout the day where we're more active, we're moving around, we have a chance to use that energy, but then having that large meal at night, it's kind of just sitting there, right? It, it ends up mostly becoming, you know, stored energy for another time and, and to use another time. So what would be the cutoff that you would recommend? How many hours before bed would be the ideal time?
1: Mm, that's a tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> um, because again, I think I, 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 it depends on the on the person, and I again I don't um, want the um, people to feel like there is a hard cutoff for this. It, it really depends on the situation. In general, if we're talking about a a full dinner, then that's probably three to four hours. Mm-hmm. For a snack, let's say a cup of the milk or banana or egg, avocado that you're just trying to, to um, feed your stomach with something that's nutritious and that's sustainable overnight,
0: that may be about an hour mm-hmm. before bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, and what about recommendations for training, I, I noticed that when I do a lot of strength training, I'm lifting a lot of weights, my body's a lot more fatigued than I and I feel it. I need a lot more sleep. Or, or maybe my, my body just needs more rest. And if I change my workout a little bit, and it's more cardio, I don't need as much sleep as as I would if I were doing a heavy lifting workout. Is that is that also mm-hmm. impacting sleep? So
1: your your observation is uh, there's a difference between when you do more cardio versus weight training. Yeah. That um, that the weight training is is more taxing in terms of requiring your body to to catch up on sleep.
0: Right. Right. Hmm.
1: That, that that's interesting. I wonder if that has to do with the, um, I guess the energy consumption um, is different mm-hmm. when you do the different types of training. Um, in general, we know that cardio, you know, for, for more a non-athlete kind of regimen, cardio just 30 minutes itself can improve sleep mm-hmm. in terms of um, allowing sleep to be more consolidated and uh, getting the, the deep sleep uh, that we need. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And it, it is a recommendation to just, you know, get more steps in increase your activity throughout the day. And that will also help you wind down um, a little bit easier at night. So speaking of winding down, Carol, what tips would you offer someone to help them wind down to start preparing for for good, restful sleep?
1: Nowadays, I think the most important part, if we could do it, is let go of our electronics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's easier said than done. I I struggle with that myself. But I find that a lot of stimulation comes from the uh, interaction exposure we have through our electronic devices. And that's not even so much the, the blue light that also gets discussed a lot about. Uh, but it's more just the, the mental and um, stimulation that whether it's our phone or computer uh, brings on. Then, you know, the other step is if we can create a routine when it comes to, to sleep, routine is king. So if we can develop our own nighttime regimen, whether that's simply just uh, something. Going around the house and turn off all the lights, or doing light yoga—just something that you do every night. So when you get into that mode, and when you're doing that activity, your body immediately associate that with, oh, it, it's now I should wind down and get ready for for uh, for sleep now.
0: Mm-hmm. Sounds a lot like bath time for the kids before bed, I, right? <laughs> absolutely,
1: exactly. That's that's exactly right.
0: So maybe we'll so we know it that time back.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, back. And then the other um, analogy is, uh, yeah, how kids sometimes have to sleep with a certain animal, or they have to sleep with with a with a pillow. That is association. It, kids associate those objects with sleep. Same thing with with us adults is if we can associate something in acti- whether it's an activity. Uh, or it's whatever routine with sleep that immediately helps our body relax and, and wind down.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So for that new mom, Carol, who's trying to catch up on sleep or, or get sleep, and she's, she's about to go nuts right now because her baby's up every couple of hours teething or wanting to nurse, what advice could you give her to help her catch up a little bit on some rest? I would give the advice
1: that was given to me when I was pregnant, sleep when the baby sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> I find that so true. And as a new mom, the, the, the tendency is uh, when the baby sleeps, you feel like there's all these things that I haven't done and want to catch up. Mm. Uh, but you know, because your schedule is so much revolved around the baby, You know why not follow them with their on their sleep schedule too? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that you know I always tried that. It never worked for me because you're right. There were always all these things I had to do. You know, (laughs) clean the house or or finally I have some me time. So why am I going to sleep? Like I finally get to just sit down and have my cup of coffee and and not have anybody sucking on me (laughs) or like anywhere.
1: Exactly. I know. I know what you mean. Yeah,
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. It's hard. But sometimes it just that 1530 minute nap makes a big difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I and I think there's a lot to say around that, too, because I mean, if we had that opportunity to to go down for a nap, every time we feel tired, instead of having a cup of coffee, I think there's there's something there, right? It's, it's listening to our body's needs at the moment and and we've stopped doing that. I mean, maybe we're at work during that time and we're not able to just grab that 15, 20 30 minute nap. But. Instead, we, we look for stimulants, we're reaching for coffee or we're reaching for something sweet to pick us up. So I think yep. um, d- definitely getting over those cravings has a lot to do with also overcoming that disrupted pattern of sleeping.
1: Yeah, so there is a natural dip in our circadian rhythm actually around this time, <laughs> um, early afternoon. So it's natural that we feel sleepy after lunch and in fact, in many, I don't know about in Canada, but, but um, in um, Taiwan, is, um, in Asia, in Taiwan where I grew up, is, it, it's very common and natural that people take a 15, 30 minute nap uh, in the afternoon. And this is better than coffee or, or stimulant that you're talking about because there is no side effect. The issue with coffee is that it stimulates you and depending on your metabolism, it might stay in your body to nighttime and that will directly impact your sleep at night.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've noticed that in myself too. And I think it's something around what you were saying before, just learning, learning how things are impacting you. How, how are you feeling around sleep or around certain stimulants? But I have to cut off caffeine at 10 a.m. And Mm -hmm. I used to drink a lot more coffee. And and I would remember if I'd have a coffee around 3pm, I would wonder why I I can't sleep. I'm very tired. I'm exhausted. My body wants to shut down. And yet my brain is just so on. And I just I cannot, I cannot get it to quiet down. So yeah, Yeah.
1: and that's definitely changes with time too in terms of our body sensitivity to caffeine. I, I see it in myself and and, uh, my patients. Also, it's like, I used to be able to do this, I used to be able to drink coffee all day and it didn't affect me, but now I can't do it anymore. And it, it, your body changed.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I think we have to honor that. And I don't like the word old, but I like the word aging, You know, and, and it's a blessing yeah. to age. And as we age, right. we have to embrace all of these changes and just learn to do things a little bit differently again. Yeah, I
1: think there's this saying that change is the only thing that doesn't change. Instead of <laughs> instead of trying to fight it, you get to know the change and embrace it, like you
0: said. Oh, wow. That was wonderful. Amazing. So, Carol, is there anything else that you want to share with us today that you didn't have a chance to speak about?
1: Yeah. Uh, if um, anybody has uh, more question or would like to learn more about sleep, check out my website. It's www.sleep.com bhai sleep health bhai sleep health all one word.com you'll find videos there my blogs are on there so yeah take a look
0: amazing and you also have an instagram account i saw you you post videos there regularly too and you share a lot of insight
1: Yeah. My Instagram account has the same handle. Be high, sleep health. Yeah. So yeah, I do regularly put information on there um, too. So yes, check it out.
0: Amazing. And you also shared earlier that you, you have a 15 minute consult for anyone who's interested in in maybe getting started with you as well.
1: Yeah. I encourage uh, women to book the free 15 minute consultation just to chat. We don't no pressure, we'll talk about the questions you have. And um, if I can offer some advice, I would definitely do that. Otherwise I can maybe I can help you find the, the um, help that you need. It's important that I feel um, we have a source to go to, a credible source, someone to talk to just to, to get some of the questions out of the way and, and have a beginning to find out a solution to whatever sleep issues that you may be experiencing.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much. So much value there. Thank you so much, Carol, for your time today. I've learned so much from you. And um, I hope that we can connect again.
1: Thank you, Sherry. It was my pleasure coming here and talking to you. And thank you so much for having me.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of fall in love with fitness, whether you're already on your fitness journey or just getting started. We're in this together. Just head on over to iTunes, subscribe and leave a review and you'll be entered into the drawing to win my six week transformation course. Then go to fallinlovewithfitness.com and get your free gift from me. So you get back your energy and reinvigorate your life. Join me on the next episode. And remember, You are an inspiration.